Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 20th, and we are down to the final two weekends of the 2022 college lacrosse season. We've got quarterfinal weekends coming up, four games on the dock, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Dukes, how we feeling, brother? I think this might be my flu game. You know, I think you had your flu game last episode. I think something's going around right now, and this might be my flu game. Really tired, but you know, you battle through. It's May. There's no excuses anymore. It's championship season. Winner goes. Winner goes to final four. So, you know, it's it's also winding down for us. This is this is our championship. So, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm excited for the games this weekend. Uh, I'll be at Hofstra for at twelve and two thirty for Princeton Yale and I believe Rutgers U Penn. So. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I love when the quarterfinals are at Hofstra. It's going to be a, a scorcher there, so I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone plays hurt this time of year, right? You know, you're getting down. Uh, it's been a long season. Guys have been grinding, uh, and this is where it just takes a, a will, determination, heart, balls, everything to win. And, uh, I mean, that that's what we're doing here on the crease dive. It's been a long season, but we're still going to power through it. Um yeah, I mean that that game on those games on Sunday, Dukes. I I need you to make sure you're staying hydrated. Need you to bring out some scun- sunscreen. I know you're not tougher than the sun, uh, so I I, yeah. But if 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 anyone listen, I, I I love doing the podcast. I will never be able to do this by myself. So if anyone at Hofstra on Saturday sees Dukes looking looking a little weary. Uh, make sure you take care of him because if, if he goes out, that's, that's the end of this for me. Um, yeah, dude, 90, 90 something. 90. I mean, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a hundred plus on the turf. And I'll tell you what, this is, oh, just- I can't wait for the, for the turf shot. Like the, oh my God, I can't wait for the broadcast to break out the big old thermometer and show what it is on the turf. Yep. Like that's my favorite part of the year. Yep. And I'll say this, this is just, you know, you might, you might not be tougher than the sun and all this. This isn't even lacrosse talk. This is just, this is the first really nice day. I think the majority of the Northeast is getting this year. And this is just a fact. Color is color. You know, you want to get a nice tan going. You're going to get burnt the first day. If you get burnt, you get burnt. Deal with the peeled skin for that week. Let it ride. That's, that's my whole opinion on it. You're going to, there's going to be a lot of lax dads with some burnt necks. I, I, I know from, uh, from experience sitting in that, in those stands, my dad used to come home burnt all the time. Um, real quick. I, I do want to, I, I just remember that Yale is playing in that second game of the day. So realistically, I don't give a shit about you. If anyone sees that handsome Dan is looking weary out there. So if, <laughs> if, if Yale brings, if Yale brings this handsome Dan, you guys better have a giant tub of ice for that man to be bouncing around in. Because if, if it gets a little too warm for that fella, uh, it's it's going to be bad news. So if anyone out there, listen, if, if you see, if it came down to Dukes looking like he was dying of thirst or handsome Dan dying of thirst, I, I think we all know what, I mean, if, if it came down to me and, and handsome Dan, give, give that good boy, just ice him down. Handsome Dan's a bull dude. He absolutely is. He's uh, he, he might even be a water duke. And uh, speak oh. yes. And speaking of the water dogs, uh, before we get into uh, our PL or not our PLL, but our NCAA quarterfinal previews, the PLL broke some news earlier this week. Uh, they will be adding an off-season tournament 
to the schedule. So this will be a tournament. It's called uh, they're they're running it back with the uh, what, what was it the champions uh, championship gosh. series championship series yes uh so that's what they called it when uh when they went to the bubble in utah so they're going to be rebranding the championship series as an off-season tournament uh if you're listening to the podcast right now chances are like you stay up to date on your lax news so you know this already uh but on the off chance that you missed it it'll be the top four teams from the previous PLL season. They will be playing uh, at some point in February of that next winter, uh, and it'll be a sixes format. So they're going to have the top four teams play around Robin. Uh, after that, they're going to have a semifinal and a champion, two semifinals and a championship. So we, we're going to have nine games of sixes in February uh, to you know pretty much lead us right into the college season, and then from there lead us into the PLL season. Uh, Dukes, your thoughts on, on the championship series, the revamped championship series. My thoughts, bunch of them. I, I don't want anyone to bring up championship series, like trophies or MVPs into legacy debates. That's one thing. Like, I don't really care. Like this seems just more of a fun thing to watch. Like, yeah, I, I personally, I probably hope that they do this during the week. You know, like they do it like, Sunday to Sunday and they throw in games during the week because if it's on if it's on the weekend I really don't know how they're going to compete with the NLL NBA NHL and like there's just a lot of things going on during that time period so I think the smartest thing to do would be what they did in Utah and lock people down for like a week just be like hey we're going to San Diego let's like let's say San Diego you can work from home you know because a lot of these guys have two jobs work from home Get some, get some games on ESPN during the week. I think that's the best way to do it. That's my only really concern with it. But yeah, I'm excited to see sixes in action. I think I'm pretty clear that I'm a sixes guy. I think it's going to be good for the growth of the game. Sucks for It sucks for Poles and Fogos, but look, lacrosse needs to get bigger and uh, globally, and it just isn't right now. And I think that this will appeal to the non-average lacrosse fan. Yeah, I mean, I like there's no rule in sixes that says if you – are a pole or a face-off guy in regular field across that you can't play. It's just, you have to play with a short stick if you're a pole and you have to have like an actual hit. So like, it's, it's, it's not like saying like a guy, like, uh, I don't, I don't know. The first pole who came to mind for some reason was Kyle Hartzell, but it's not like they're saying, Oh, you can't play cause you're a pole. It's just, Hey, you know, pick up a short stick and then see what you can do from there. Um, like Liam Burns is on the Sixers roster. I'm pretty sure for the USA team. And yeah, he, he's a pole. He's one of the best yeah. poles in the league. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's it's a little bit of a different game. I think that seeing it uh, one at this level uh, will hopefully and and seeing like it'll be like I'm sure that some people have watched um, you know those USA games or you know whatever uh, you know kind of whatever they did to showcase sixes the first go around. I think that seeing nine games over the span of, you know, maybe like a week or so, I think is going to help a lot of people watch it, realize, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. Like maybe I'll just shut up about bitching about it. Um, what I do need people and, and it's, I guess it'll take a while to stop bitching about um, is the fact that this is going on in February. So you're going to have the group of people. And I had mentioned this earlier, but like, like obviously the guys, who are probably going to be the best at sixes are also guys who play in the NLL. Yeah. And when you have a tournament like this in February, well, it's right in the middle of the NLL season. So chances are most of those guys aren't going to be able to play. 
that's just the way that it worked. But like people who are bitching about like, oh, the PLL is trying to undercut the NLL again. It's like, no, like, like when, when would you like them to do something like this? Like, do you want them to do it in the fall where they have to compete against the NFL and college football? Good fucking luck. No one can do that. Um, Do you want them to do it in like, I don't know, like right after the season. Yeah, yeah I guess no, that's still right. the fall. Like, do you want them to do it in the spring, like a little bit later? It's like, well, no, that runs like right into their season. Like late winter is really the only time that they could do something like this. And also, like once once we get past the Super Bowl, then then what is there? Like, yeah, like there's NLL regular season. And I love the NLL. I don't want any of this to come off as NLL slander, but realistic, like in my real life where I like, I'm not talking to lacrosse people and I'm not like interacting with lacrosse Twitter, like just like real people in my real life. I could probably count on like one hand, the amount of people who are know anything about the NLL. So like, it's not like that's much to compete with again, not NLL slander, just realistic talk. You're going to have the NBA and the NHL regular season, but like it's at, it's at that weird point of the season where it's just like, it's been going on for a couple months already. There's still a couple more months until like the real playoff like push gets going. So you're right in that lull of those regular seasons where it's like, all right, like do people still care? Yeah, absolutely. Like would more people watch a regular season uh, NHL or NBA game over this? Sure. But like, are you going to get some people that are like, ah, you know what? Maybe I don't need to watch the Flyers 42nd game of the season maybe i can watch this tournament instead so um i don't know i I think just from a purely business standpoint february makes the most amount of sense like if if that ruffles your feathers too much because you think that they're trying to attack the nll no just grow the fuck up and realize that it's like literally the only time in the calendar that something like this would make sense yeah, I don't really know when people. I I, I kind of saw arguments earlier about when they would do it. And I think that was just lame as shit. Like, yeah, the chaos. If they finish top four. Do I think they should be subbed out potentially? Like, right? Yeah, that was my uh, main concern. That was my main concern. Was like, all right, sure. Like the chaos, the chaos go, and that would be such a fun team to watch in sixes. Is, is it fair to everyone that doesn't play the NLL and whatnot? No, but. What are we going to do? Like, you, you see the people that they're going to camp with right now. It's just not the same makeup of the team. Like, would they, like, is that makeup of the team that would be sent to the sixes deserving to go in over maybe the fifth team out, like the Archers or something? Like, where the Archers have a lot of, like, people that don't play box but would be fun as hell to watch play sixes. So, I, now, I what I, in between. what I did see, and, um, I think if I think it might have been Dan who tweeted this out, but had it been something that was a uh, like a partnership between the PLL and the NLL, so that you could do like a PLL team sixes versus an NLL team sixes, I think that that would be really interesting. Um, I also think like I don't know, like maybe there is a way to get the NLL involved in this where, well. Like, I, I don't really know off the top of my head, like where this falls in the NLL season. Like, I, I know that the NLL doesn't have an all-star game, but like this could like, what if, what if they had, like, what if this was a, a week long tournament? Like you kind of said, where just cram it all in on a week and you count that as the NLL all-star week. And then, so you have the top four or three teams from the PLL that previous season, and then an NLL all-star team. 
Obviously, I don't think that the PLL would want to do that because they would lose to the NL All-Star team. And like that's just bad for their own business. But if if you wanted to act in good faith in like working with both of those leagues together, like I think that that would be a, a way to to do it. But again, I, I don't think that they would because they would just lose to the NL All-Stars. I've been long. All right. I've been long on this take that I never really knew how to come up with it basically. But my dream scenario would be the PLL and the NLL combined. And you basically have one massive roster, like let's say like 45 people and you can dress like 20 for the NLL out of that 45 people. You can dress 25 out of all the people for the PLL, but you can't like really like you can maybe add and subtract people. I don't really know the logistics behind it, but that's my long dream. Just one giant roster that you can either use like, so you like might like hold on to some box players for just the NLL. You might hold on to some, just some field players just for the PLL, but there's going to be a lot of crossover where you're going to want to use them in both games. That's my, that's my long take. And then like, that's how you go back also to like the home base teams. So like the chaos would just be like Buffalo team, like the Buffalo bandits. And you can play it like newer. I don't know. This is just like, uh, I feel like the logistics on that is a nightmare. I feel like a legal situation on that is a nightmare, but I love the, the, no pun intended here, like the chaos of all of what you're bringing up would yeah. entail. So, so I'm into got- it. We would just need people that are like, in, Joe Sai. In, in, yeah, we would need Joe Sai to be able yeah. to come up with, with Look, a real plan. I, I just gave money gave, solves everything. I gave, I gave professional lacrosse a problem, a question. Um, maybe like, maybe, maybe a bright idea in some respects. Now it's, it's not, it's not your, people. yeah, it's not your it's job not, to solve it. I, I'm saying this out loud. I'm, I have one platform. It's this. I'm the Paul, Mike, Joe side, do something, bring this. Like I'm telling you guys exactly how to make home base team. And then you get the professional outdoor team. So then you know, this is what it all comes down to Jordy. This is where it comes down to. So then the Buffalo bandits fans, they get out there and they support their boys in the summer. Also like the, there's the, the, the 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 passion and the enthusiasm you have for the idea is top tier. I, I think the logistics of it, bottom tier for sure. But top tier, bottom like that all cancels out to a pretty like rationally speaking something that could happen. Um, I don't. I'm thinking about it. Like I, I would love to know. Like all right, so we get into a boardroom. And we've got the Rabels on one end of the table. We've got all the NLL suits on another end of the table. Uh, we've got RJ filming it all in the middle. And I, I like you presenting this idea to those guys. Maybe we have like the lacrosse Illuminati, like uh, Joe Sai and the rest of those guys in the background. You present this idea to everybody. And I would love to like just start a stopwatch as soon as you stop speaking into how long it would take them to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I would. I'm not going to lie. I would be eye fucking the shit out of Joe Sai in that room. I would just be like, like kind of like, kind of like when you're like, when you're at a bar and you're like flirting with a group of girls or something and you're like trying to see if there's one girl's laughing. Like, I'd be like, Joe, like what, like, can you help me out here? Like, you know what I'm like, you know what I'm trying to say, Joe, help me out here. And like, just keep eyeing him, seeing like what his move is. Is he laughing? Is he like, this guy's an idiot. I, I'd be eyeing him the most. <laughs> I'm also curious how many times uh, in, in the history of the English language have has the phrase, I would be eye fucking the shit out of Joe Sai has that been said. Oh my. <laughs> uh, Joe, we know you're listening to the podcast right now. Oh Don't my lie. God. Of course. The Yale Bulldogs are playing this weekend. 
Yes, they absolutely are. Um, but yeah, so that is the championship series. Listen, it's a, it's a really good idea in theory. I think that there are maybe like a couple couple things to work out that would make everybody happy. Um, but I mean, they like literally just announced the idea. So um, I'm, I'm sure that there are more details coming. Um, also, everyone always hates something like the moment that it's announced. And then when it actually happens, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. So um, but yeah, Joe size Yale Bulldogs are playing this weekend. Uh, and so are seven other teams. We are down to the final eight in college lacrosse. Everybody else at home watching this on the couch. Maybe they're already coaching their uh, their summer teams. But we've got four games on the schedule this weekend. And it all starts in Hempstead with uh with Penn and Rutgers at 12 p.m. noon Penn obviously gets to the quarterfinals after their overtime win over Richmond uh, Ben Smith the overtime game winner there and Rutgers they get to the quarterfinals after they spanked the bare butt balls and backs off of Harvard uh Penn and Rutgers I believe uh they, these teams definitely didn't play earlier in the season uh but this this is the Mitch Bartolo revenge game. This is this is a huge huge game for Mitchy Bartolo and uh, and the Scarlet Knights to to get a one up over their ex. I'm woke to this. Okay, I'm woke to this. So I I always think that with transfers, his heart his heart is still in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His heart's still with the Quakers. I'd imagine this- most of his wallet is as well. Yeah, I think, I think a lot. I think that if he was writing down on his resume, oh, where'd you go to school? He'd probably put Penn before Rutgers. <laughs> and like when, when they talk about like, oh, where'd you get your MBA? He's like, let me tell you about my undergrad. <laughs> so let yeah, so like let's say no, no, uh, no let, disrespect to Rutgers, but it ain't Penn. But like okay, so let's say that um like let's uh Sunday night football, they're doing the the uh starter intros, and you know, so you got uh Matt Brandau, Yale Lacrosse. Uh, Logan Wisnowskis, Maryland Lacrosse. Mitch Bartolo. What does he say? He says Penn. Like it's not. It's not <laughs> even a. De- it's not even a debate. And also, so this is where it also comes in. Like I think it depends on who wins today or who wins on Saturday. Who he would say? Obviously, obviously, he's selfish and like wants to make the Final Four. And like you'd be like Mitch, like who, like who do you want? He's gonna make. Oh, it's Rutgers. Like I, I bleed red. But, but let's be real. Like he, he loses that game. Like a lot of people in Rutgers would be like devastated. He loses that game. He'll be sad his college career is over, but he'll be happy for his friends across the field. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's not I, like a hundred percent dying. There's a little, right, I, so, so it's not like, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't, uh, we don't know Mitch like that. Like we don't know like what his situation was when he left. Mitch. Like, yeah, Mitch, like, come on, come on the pod and talk about it. But like, if it's like an Owen Murphy type of situation where it's like leaving Hopkins and then going back and then scoring and then like, like he clearly fucking hates those guys where he's like drawing the line under the Maryland jersey and like saying like, yeah, like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm way better off without you. Like, if he's got that like scorned X in him, then that could be super dangerous for Penn. If it was just like an amicable, like, yeah, you know what? Like the situation's not working out for me. I'm just going to go see like what else we got going on over at Rutgers. But like, I still have plenty of like respect for you guys. Like if he still has respect for Penn, then 
whatever. It's a wash. Oh, it, like Owen Murphy clearly doesn't have respect for Hopkins. Um, so it just depends on what kind of situation that is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I guess I should find out more, but I feel like Mitch did have a good time at Penn. I don't know. It's more of those, it's, one of those it's, things. It, it's always fun. It's always fun to write the narrative in your own head and then just go with it. Like I, that's, that's the best way to do it. I don't use logic. I use my brain. And it's never failed you. Never um, failed. By the way, so Rutgers, like if, well, one, if they win this, um, I've, I've got a, a debt to pay. Uh, and I believe I, I'll have to actually go back and listen to that episode of what I said I would do if Rutgers uh, made it to the final four, because I think that I had mentioned that I would take summer classes, but you had already offered up something else. I think it was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to it. I definitely didn't say summer classes because I know myself and I know that I would not take a class really in my life ever again. <laughs> I think I promised myself that after I got out of a history 450 from the University of Dayton. I said, this is my last class ever. But I think I did say something about Final Four tailgate. I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think it was a tailgate. It's one of those um, things too that maybe we won't go back and listen, but like if someone catches us on it, like we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, listen, if you want to be cool about, I mean, really, at the end of the day, we don't have to worry about it anyway, because Penn's going to win Penn's this game. Win. Uh, but if Rutgers were to win this, uh, it would also be their first trip in program history to the final four. So I believe out of all the eight teams that are left, uh, they're the only team that has not ever been to the final four. Uh, I mean, Penn was there in 1988. So like before anyone in this tournament before you and I were, were born. So, I mean, you can count that for as much as you want. So, uh, but still, so that's, that's another thing where it's like Rutgers hasn't been there before that they, they've got, they've got, uh, all, all the, I don't know if it's pressure, but it's just, just something that they've never attained before. Can they get it done against this pen team? It'll be pretty tough. Um, I mean, obviously, when you've got a, a goalie like Colin Curse who can, uh, you know, stop pretty much anything thrown his way, that kind of bodes well for for Rutgers, especially because you know a lot of these shots that he's going to be seeing from Penn, they're going to be from far out. Um, granted, they're going to be fucking flamethrowers coming off the stick of Sam Hanley. Um, but I don't know. I, like, I feel like when Penn starts feeding the crease a little bit and they try to force things inside and get some tighter looks. Um, they're, they're not just, they don't always get the greatest shots in there. So I, I do think that this is a game, uh, where Colin curse is going to come up pretty big. Yeah. Uh, even when we were shitting on Rutgers, I said, pretty sure I pull it up in an episode. I said, if Rutgers makes the final four, it's going to be because Colin curse listened to like this episode and told me to go fuck myself. And he's going to play like an unbelievable in the final, like in the tournament, he played awesome against Harvard. In the first game, and I, I don't want to pick, pick Rutgers at all, but Colin Curse is going to have a game and a half. Like, I'm taking Penn, but Colin Curse is going to have a fucking game. I can feel it in my bones. He always steps up in big games, it feels like. So, if you're an unbiased person out there, I definitely look into Colin Curse and see how he plays when, it, when the moment's the brightest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think 
Yeah, I, I think that Curse is going to be a big time difference maker in this one. I, like, I think it's going to be really frustrating for uh, for Penn's offense to really get themselves going when he's making so many stops. Um, if I had to come up with the, you know, uh, the X factor, maybe for this game, I, I think that it's a. Uh, I, I just I love Dylan Gergar for Penn. I think that he uh, he. He does a really good job of making sure that he gets himself into some soft spots, uh, gets himself available, uh, you know, shoots, shoots a pretty decent amount. Um, and, you know, last week, a few of them just kind of sailed on them a little bit just because of the weather. Uh, so I think that he gets himself going offensively, can maybe just change up some of the looks that Curse is seeing. Uh, and then I'd also imagine that BJ Farrar, as always, will just be an absolute monster in the transition game for Penn, uh, which is going to be huge because they're going to have to go up against that NASCAR offense of Rutgers. Yeah. How many times are we going to listen to that this weekend? I feel like it's going to be times 100 because it's on the brightest stage. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that first game on ESPNU, you have to imagine. You, you think, I mean, I, I Quint's probably going to be on that call, right? If Quint's on the call, we're going to hear NASCAR offense 85 times a quarter. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be bad. I feel like he will be at the Hofstra games because he's a Long Island guy. Wants to go home to get, get his favorite chicken cutlets and meatballs, go to his favorite deli in Lindbrook. So tell everyone how he's an All-American Hopkins. He's going to love that shit. Yeah, well, uh, so right now, I mean, the, the line looks like it's going to be Rutgers minus one and a half and uh, Penn on the money line at plus 140 i think that right there is i think pen money line is going to be the move uh over under set at 28 and a half i could see a low scoring affair i mean yeah, I, Birken- I think it's gonna be like like 11 11 10 11 9 yeah i mean birkinshaw is is a is a great goalie in his own regard obviously i i think i would give the edge in net to curse uh but birkinshaw is also a stud um i don't know i, I just think Listen, Ross Scott had a monster game last week against uh, against Harvard. It's going to be tough to to double up that performance. Uh, so maybe you know, water finds its level for Ross Scott. Like his level is still like three goals and two assists, maybe. So it's not like he's going to be silent all day. Do I see him having eight goals in this one? For sure not. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Mitch Bartolo is just squeezing the stick a little bit too tight, trying to get some revenge on uh, on Penn. Maybe he, you know, just trying to aim a little bit too pretty for those corners. You aim big, you miss big. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I, I don't feel nearly as good about Rutgers heading into this week as I did last week. Um, and now I'm going to let my hatred really seep, seep in here. And I've got Penn, Penn money line. Love it. I, I'm taking Penn. I'll probably take the under too. I like that call on the under. Um, It'll be a one goal game though, because that's what Penn does. Penn loves to keep it close. So like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, the, uh, so that'll be the first Ivy league team to play on Saturday. And then the second game, the two thirty game on ESPNU, another Ivy league matchup. We've got Princeton taking on Yale. This was a game that was played uh, March 26th at the time Princeton was ranked number two in the nation. And that was before Matt Brandau and the Yale Bulldogs knocked them off. Brandau had five and three on the day. Chris Lyons had three on the day, uh, at the face off X 
pretty even. I mean, Tyler Sandoval had, uh, you know, he was 64%. So, uh, you know, uh, Princeton definitely had, definitely had the edge in, in that one. Uh, but this was, I mean, Paquette was just a, a stud in cage in this game, uh, 19 saves for him. So Yale already has won the regular season matchup between these two teams. Uh, I think that, you know, that game, that game against St. Joe's last week really got this team locked in and ready for tournament scenarios. That game against BU last week for uh, for Princeton, just I, I think that this was a this was a Larkin Kemp quote. But you know, if if you if you uh, eat enough cupcakes, you turn into a cupcake yourself. So Princeton getting a cupcake in that first round doesn't really bode too well for them heading into this game against Yale. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it'll be interesting. I said it a little bit last episode, but you saw James Ball come on for Yale uh, last week when, uh, who's struggling at the face-off X? Let me look for it. When the starter was struggling at the face-off X. Um, Sandoval is obviously a great face-off guy from Princeton. So look, just an inside matchup you're going to look for is, Ball and Sandoval were basically two top recruits. Both went to Chaminade, both battled each other in high school day in, day out. So like if that comes down to it, um, that, that'll be an interesting matchup to look for. So I think obviously face-offs and possessions are key. I would probably give Paquette the edge and goal for Yale. And look, coaching-wise, Andy Shea's been there. I'm riding Yale. I kind of agree with you. I wasn't too impressed with Princeton. I feel like Princeton... Missing the Ivy League tournament obviously hurt them taking that time off and then getting that kind of cupcake shitty win, in my opinion, against BU. Um, and I don't really like the way that Princeton closed the year to begin with. Look, yeah. do, they, do, do they have talent? Will they be good for the future? For sure. But look, I'm not drinking the water this weekend, and I think that Princeton is a year or two off from getting back to the Final Four. Yeah, I, I think that this year was really huge for Princeton for just getting back into the tournament. Uh, and getting a tournament win, I think, big for for getting that program back, uh, especially after squandering all those years with Sours. Um, but I mean, you've you've mentioned this plenty. Like Yale has been to the Final Four the last two seasons that they were a part of. Uh, Andy Shea has proven himself to be an elite coach at this level to get his guys uh, to be playing on the final weekend of the season. I just don't know how you go against Yale in this one. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Yale looking at the, uh, looking at the numbers right now. Again, none of this really makes, this doesn't make any sense to me, but we're looking at Princeton minus one and a half, uh, and then Yale at plus plus one forty. So pretty much the same thing as Rutgers pen. And I'm just going to go ahead and do the same where, uh, I'm, I'm saying Yale money line, although the over under on this one at 27 and a half, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, fairly confident in that over. I think uh, this was, you know, the last time that these two teams played. So what was that? It was a 14, 11 win or 14 to 12. That was before Leo Johnson really stepped up. He got himself going, uh, you, you know, last week. So I think just another offensive weapon for Yale to work with. So I, I like Yale in this one and the points and, and the over. Yeah. I, Princeton overs, I, I like to begin with. And yeah, I'm taking Yale money line. Um, I kind of think this, this is my, this is my no brainer. I think, I think that Yale, Yale probably is my favorite pick this weekend. Yeah. It's, it's going to be just a, 
uh, an outclassing on all fronts for the most part. I feel like just a team that knows how to get to championship weekend uh, versus a team that's just, just getting the program back to, to being established like that. Um, all right. So those are the Saturday games. Then on Sunday, hopping on a flight, heading across to Columbus, Ohio, uh, so this will be starting off 12 noon on Sunday. We've got Cornell. Oh man. It's flu game. Uh, Cornell taking on the blue hens of Delaware. Delaware gets here after knocking off number two, Georgetown with just eight seconds left to go in that game. JP Ward with the game winner, Mike Robinson with a sick, uh, behind the back goal. And then Cornell gets to the quarterfinals after they put a dick kicking on Ohio state. Uh, so Ohio state was looking to have a nice little, nice little home game in the quarterfinals. And Cornell said, not only are we going to beat you, but now we are going to go and just rubber nuts all over your field next weekend. Uh, so Cornell huge game out of CJ cursed seven goals on the day uh, goalie goal out of chase Erland. So everything was going for them. We've got, uh, looking at the numbers right now, <coughs> Cornell is favored big, minus four and a half against Delaware. Dukes, what do you think? Look, Ben DeLuca, Delaware coach, playing against his team, team he got for school he got fired against, uh, fired for. Um, I like Delaware, honestly, in this one. I mean, obviously a matchup you're going to look for is Owen Grant. Delaware stud. He's probably going to be matched up on curse. I'd imagine. Um, I would imagine that. And I, I, I love the over, over 21 and a half. I think that I think Delaware might just have the juice right now. I, again, I'm not. It's going to sound crazy. I've never been overly impressed with Cornell this year. You know, Gavin Adler's a specimen, but I think Cornell is vulnerable. I think that Delaware has proven that they are heating up at the right time. And, you know, if Kill Carey plays like he did against Georgetown, you don't want to play a hot keep. A hot keep in May is, is dangerous. So, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. We're taking Delaware money line. Um, I like the Blue Hens. feels like 07. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we mentioned this on Tuesday's episode. It's, it's going to be uh... – it's going to be real difficult for Connor Busick to go out there and, and get himself a win over, over his former guy with Ben DeLuca. Uh, I mean, regardless of what you say about, you know, the, the talent on the rosters um, you know, it's still just a, it, it's going to be a chess game between those two. And uh, you know, Ben DeLuca was, was playing chess while uh, Connor Busick was still getting his diapers changed. So I, I think that there's nothing but uh a ton of success in the future for Connor Busick. I, I see him being a guy who gets his team into the final four year after year, after year, after year. I, th I think that he's a bright star in the coaching world, but I don't think that it's his time right now. And I think that this Delaware team is going to be coming in uh, with just so much confidence, a lot of swagger, a couple Canadians leading the way offensively. I think that this is, this is a dangerous game for, for Cornell. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I'd imagine that some of the boys on Delaware probably also know that the line is minus four and a half. They probably feel a little disrespected uh, and they'll just put those five goals on the board right away. Yeah. I think I, I, it's just one of those teams that, that 
that you wouldn't you wouldn't want to mess with right now. I think that they got. I think their offense is flowing. Board Robinson, um, Kurz. So yeah, I would. I wouldn't want to fucking play Delaware right now. If anything, and they got they got the stud on defense with Grant. Their goaltending is awesome, and their team defense is good. So yeah, I like I like Delaware. I think that they they can easily pull off the matchup. If they beat Georgetown, why can't they beat Cornell? It's a very very valid point. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sounds like both of us, both of us are liking Delaware in that one. I mean, regardless, I would, I would hit Delaware plus four and a half. Um, but I don't know. Don't be a coward. Take yeah. the money line. Um, all right. So that is the 12 o'clock game. And then Sunday, 2 30 PM on May. What, what is that? May 23rd. Is, 22nd. Is, May 22nd, this is a game that should have been played on Monday, May 30th. Instead, we're getting it on Sunday, May 22nd. Fuck off, Donna. Goddamn idiot. But the biggest game probably of the year. And we're going to be live streaming it. So make sure that you are uh, subscribed to us on YouTube or the crease dive there. Uh, also make sure that you're uh, following us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at the crease dive on both. Uh, we'll throw out links to the live stream there, uh, but we've got the number one Maryland Terrapins taking on the two time defending national champions. Uh, this is a game that was, it's going to be a rematch of last year's national championship, a rematch of the 2019 quarterfinals. Uh, so a, a rematch of the 20, <coughs> hold up, 23 to 12 ass kicking that Maryland put on Virginia in the regular season. <laughs> and right now the numbers say that it's going to be another ass kicking. We've got Maryland minus five and a half, uh, Virginia on the money line plus four thirty. Dukes. Uh, do you think that Maryland finally slays the dragon? Do you think that for the first time since 2019, we'll have a new national champion of college lacrosse? Lars, if you're on YouTube right now, you can see what I'm doing. Lars is the daddy of Maryland. I mean, he gets it done. He gets it done in tournament time, and he's Tillman's daddy. 2019, phantom goal or not, Virginia gets aware of it, wins the championship. Championship game last year, Lawrence gets it done, wins it. Look, I think that Virginia has shown that they could be susceptible early in the season, midseason, doesn't matter. When it comes to May, they turn it on. They're healthy. They look good. They're hungry. They're trying to protect the ACC. <clears throat> four and a half goals for the two-time. Four and a half goals in the Barstool Sportsbook. You're telling me that the two-time defending national champs don't know that it's a four-and-a-half-point spread? They feel disrespected. They feel like they played their worst game of the season against Maryland, and they are going to come out and put on an absolute ass-kicking. The spread, if you could change up the spread the other way around, let's see if you can do it. If you could change up the spread the other way around, I would. I take Virginia minus four and a half. Listen, I, I've said this. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't from that. No, but I seriously do think that Virginia will win. 
And I, they just got the recipe. I mean, it's Matt Moore's last year. I think that Schellenberger, you saw, I saw some stat. If, did you see that, that tweet of Schellenberger's shooting percentage by month? No, is what, 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 is, what, what is he in May? 60%. So it's, let me just pull it up. Uh, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio. Um, February, 43. March, 45. April, 26. May, 60%. See, and that's that's what leads me to believe. Like this, uh, this Maryland team, like you have to know how to win. You have to learn how to win. And sometimes in order to win, like this is this is an old Duke play, right? Where you don't have to play your best when you don't need it, right? Like you can um, you can you can save save up a lot of gas in that tank for when you really need it in, in May, when you really need it Memorial day weekend. So for Shelly, he knows he doesn't need to be shooting the lights out of the ball in April, right? Because eventually everything's going to kind of even out. You're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to have highs and lows. So you'd rather have your low in April as opposed to in, uh, in May. So that brings us back to that regular season game. Virginia didn't need to play that game to their, to the best of their ability against Maryland. <clears throat> they knew that game. And at the end of the day, didn't mean shit because they were going to be in the tournament. Anyway, they were going to face Maryland at some point in the tournament. Anyway, that game didn't mean a goddamn thing for Maryland. <clears throat> I mean, that that was everything for them. They had to go out. They needed to avenge the national championship game. They needed to avenge the 2019 quarters. Uh, so like 23 to 12. Sure. Yeah. But is that indicative to what Virginia is actually capable of doing? No, they just didn't really give a fuck that game. Yeah. I think, I think the defense is going to be motivated. I think they know what they're going up against now. I really, I'm confident. Jordan. Uh, I'm confident in the Virginia Cavaliers. Shelly, you guys all know what I think about Shelly. I mean, obviously Maryland is a great team. And if they get the, if Maryland gets this done and they get past, I'm telling you, this is the national championship game. If Virginia, pull, if Maryland pulls it off, like they, with that, like we, everyone knows that they can, this will go down as probably the best. I'll say probably the best lacrosse team of my lifetime. Now here's what I will say. <clears throat> all of it sounds well and good. All of it sounds great in theory. And then you'll look at, at Maryland this year. And it's not the same Maryland as last year. It's not the same Maryland as 2019. This is a Maryland team that has six players on the roster who have scored at least 20 goals on the season. <laughs> Obviously, Logan Wisnowski is leading the way with 52. Uh, this is a Maryland team that has seven players on the roster who have scored at least 30 points this season. This is a Maryland roster that has multiple D middies getting drafted to the PLL a Maryland roster that has multiple poles getting drafted to the PLL <clears throat> all Americans all around the field. This Maryland team might just go down as the greatest team in college across history. And I don't give a fuck who comes in with two rings on their fingers. You don't knock this wagon off the tracks. I, I agree. This is where it's so like Maryland guys being like, oh, you hate Maryland, blah, blah, blah. I'll get to that on the way. Maryland is the best team in the country, but 
the second best team in the country is Virginia. And they, they, I don't think Maryland will overlook them at all. All I'm saying. A Maryland team, a Maryland team that has taken care of business every single time that they were asked to. Uh, You don't think that, you don't think that though, if Maryland, if Maryland loses this game, it will, like they could either go and be the greatest team of all time or one of the most forgotten teams of all time. Like this isn't like a team that came in loaded with talent. Like, like if this was, if this was, say this was, say you switch the jerseys and this is Duke, right? Duke with Brennan O'Neill, Andrew McAdory, Sean Lully, and all this firepower, the names, the brightness, and they go undefeated and then they lose in the quarterfinals. That would be like, wow. Like that's like 2015 Kentucky when they had like two starting fives. Like, wow. That, like how did that team not win the national championship? But this is like a like I said, this is like Villanova. This is like Villanova basketball. Maryland is where they yeah. just have they don't have the names, they don't have like the star power, the the the, the nice names that go with everything. They just are the best lacrosse team. Well, I mean, they they have. I mean, Wisnowskis is a. I mean, it's he's not Brendan O'Neill. It's not no, but it, okay. So like then then we're getting into like the uh, I don't know. It's <clears throat> like, but that's. I'm with, I'm with you. I'm saying like this is like Villanova Gonzaga. Where it's like these are really talented teams. They don't have like the ooh la la names, which doesn't fucking. Yeah, but I mean, but they have a first overall pick in the PLL. They have a first overall. uh, Donville, I'm pretty sure, was the first overall pick in the NLL, or maybe second. Either way, um, I don't know. I think that if you ask like the average across the average across fan, right, someone that might maybe just checking in in May, maybe checks in late April, if you were like. Oh, do you know Brendan O'Neill? It's like absolutely. Do you know Jonathan Donville? It's like who's Jonathan Donville? You're like, oh, he's a three-time All-American. It's like, oh wow. No, I I, I agree with that assessment, but like that's just like what Ty Xander said about them in high school, and then the fact that like for they're sure. on ESPN more. So it's like for sure, for sure. But but yeah, so I mean, they they might not have like the like the the top billing guys where like yeah, yeah. like 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 if, if you're an ESPN network, you're like yeah, like I'm gonna make sure that like that guy is like the face of it. So like yeah, was now ent- like was now yeah, it's it, like yeah, it's entertainment. Um, I think that Maryland has stars. It's just a little bit different, especially because like they're all just like lacrosse robots who I don't really think do anything else besides lacrosse. Um. But like that's what makes them so dangerous is like they show up and they just beat the balls off of whoever else is in front of them. No let up, no nothing. They had one one tight game against Notre Dame this year. The rest of the time, they just kick the shit out of everybody, Um, whether it's an Ivy League team, whether it's Virginia or whether it's a dog shit Big Ten opponent. So they just get it done regardless, because all they focus on is just doing what they do best, which is be the best pun intended uh, lacrosse team potentially ever. So I love, I love everything about uh, Virginia, like having that, uh, that emotional edge over Maryland, right. Having that mental edge over Maryland, like just being, being their daddies. Uh, but at the end of the day, like this is, this is a, a robot Maryland team and they don't have daddies because they were built in some like it shack somewhere. I'm not doubting Lawrence Lars. I'm not saying that like Matt Moore is Maryland's daddy. I'm not saying that like Lars, Lars might just have Maryland figured out. And I think that especially when you give him to game film from this year, 
you know, when you, it, it does been looking at this one for a while, it I, does, again, it does come down to the, thing. it comes down to the wooden stick versus the iPad. Yeah. I mean, who are you going to go against? You're going to go against the creator or Steve jobs. I think, all right. So right now, so this is, this episode is coming out on Friday. This game isn't until Sunday at two 30. Um, I think that if, if you're a Maryland fan, you do everything in your power to get this clip over uh, to John Tillman and you make sure that he knows, like, listen, if you really care about winning this game, leave the fucking iPad at home. Yeah. It's like, pick up your wooden stick, pick up your first stick, bring it to the game. Like what well, the creator, right, the creator so, is going to be taking. So, notes. so, so let's, let's say Tillman shows up to the game with a wooden stick. Do you? Yeah, I definitely change it. The creator's looking for something out of Tillman. I think the creator feels a little disrespected. Tillman hates the creator. Uh, but no, I, I, I got to keep rolling with Maryland in this one. Um, I, th- I think that they're just way too sick this year. I think that they're just way too, um, again, they're, they're robots. They're a business. They're a machine. Uh, I, I don't think that they're, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure that it's in the back of their mind. I'm sure it's somewhere even in the middle of their mind about last year's national championship game, but I don't think it'll be like the only thing that they're thinking about the whole time. Like I literally, I think that they're just thinking, okay, like let's go out, let's score. Uh, Weirman is going to win the face off against the Sala. We'll go out. We'll score again. Like just repeat. Yeah. I I'm, I'm excited for this game. There's nothing really else I can say. Um, I hope it's closer, obviously, than the last one. But winner of this game is my national champion. And if Maryland wins this game, they'll go down as probably or most likely the greatest team ever. Yeah. Um, I also can't really say much about the the rest of the podcast in general. Um, I've been just coughing my ass off this in, entire time. I, hopefully I've been good with the mute button. Um, but my voice is about to go. So should probably wrap this one up pretty quick before it gets ugly. Yeah, I'm all good. Nothing else to say. All right, cool. Well, uh, so those are your quarterfinal games. Uh, it all gets going Saturday at noon and then at 2.30. And then we've got Sunday at noon and 2.30. All those games will be on ESPNU. And again, make sure that you are subscribed to us on YouTube as we will be live streaming uh, that Maryland versus Virginia game. Uh, we're currently working on getting a bunch of guests lined up for that. So uh, tune in for all that. Make sure that you are are following us on Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.